Hello, hello. Welcome. It's Tuesday. It's the 30th of November. It's the last day of November, man. Um, this is heading back to the window with Scott and Scott. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. Number co Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up heading back to the window. We try to give you the plays that will allow you to do just that. Head back to the window to cash those winning tickets. Oh man, what a what a barn burner last night, huh, Scott? How'd you uh, how'd you end up? Do you have any plays from the NFL? I know your I know your hockey prop, your play of the day hit. Congratulations there. Thank you. Felt good to hit a nice easy hockey winner in any kind. And uh, looking at the football game, I didn't really have much action. Uh, I know both of us liked Washington on the air, so I wasn't surprised they won the game. I was expecting hideous football. We both like Washington in the under. And we got Washington in the under. Yeah, geniuses for a day. That's what we were. Nathan Cerna in the house. Good afternoon, Nathan. How are you, buddy? Good to have you here. Good to have the rest of you aboard as well. Of course, if you want to get involved in the show, we'd love to see you in the comment section. Sometimes it scrolls pretty fast. Not going to lie, Scott, we miss some on occasion. It's not... uh, not anybody's fault. Well, it's our fault. But um, as we get, it's as, not you. It's me. As we get better, we will get more accustomed to running everything in real time. And when I say we, I I mean me. Although you almost, you were in the bullpen. You were warming up today, Scott, because they, they the much ballyhooed construction project going on right outside my uh, window finally got underway today, and they cut the power. We didn't know how long I was going to be cut for. We assumed eight or ten hours. But it was like two hours, so you were like ready to go, and it didn't happen. So, uh, unfortunately, Nathan says I took the bait with the 76ers, covering 15 to 10, and then uh, barely won. No cover, no cover for me. We've I said I liked the Sixers' first half in that game because they play with their food all the time. Uh, I believe they covered the first half and then took a nap for the entire third quarter, which is kind of par for the course. Yep, that's kind of a uh, kind of what they do. So. You know what? Let's get rolling, man. We got a lot to get to. It wasn't a a beautiful, uh, happy, shiny night for everybody. There was some there were some beats out there, Scott. Um, luckily, the only game I lost it was a uh, it was no beat whatsoever. As uh, the, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder were never competitive against Houston, but uh, there was some bad news. So let's uh, let's get to it in uh, the Tuesday edition of Calling Those Cops. All right, my friend, let's uh, start it off as we are wont to do this time of year with a little college basketball. Scott, this is a game that we talked about um, because there was some uh, there was some Norfolk State chatter in the comment section. You and I kind of like Norfolk State, but we were kind of impressed by what Grambling had done. I, I kind of uh, decided to stay away from this game and uh, Grambling had looked it looked good the game before. And they kept it close. They were very, they were right there. They uh, trailed by five points with less than three seconds left. Norfolk State passed the ball up court. Well, they're just going to sit on it, right, Scott? Just dribble that. Nope, they dunked it. Oh, my God. There you go. There goes your cover. Uh, Norfolk State ends up winning by seven. If you had Grandling plus five and a half, eef, call the cops. I think one thing I appreciate more in today's betting climate is that the broadcasters of the games are starting to become more aware of what the actual spread is. So the announcers knew the situation and they saw Norfolk pass it up court and they weren't sure. And I believe when he goes to the hoop, one of the announcers says, oh no. And then says, I think that might be on 
SVP later today. So it seems like they were aware of the situation and the dunk definitely ended up costing some people money if, while making some other people money. If you're but a broadcaster, found can, that amusing. can you bet on the games? You can. I know that Brent Musburger used to actually bet on some of the games that he was working on just for the hell of it. I right. think Al Michaels used to do the same thing. I don't know about any more. So how long? I don't think there's any issue with it. So how long? That's what I thought the same thing. So how long until some of the play-by-play goes, oh, for fuck's sake, are you kidding me? That went in? Oh, my God. And you'll have no idea what he's talking about because it's just some random score, but it turned it from 157 to 159. You fucking lost your under. That's actually a funnier story because I was working as a broadcaster for one of the student-run organizations. I might have had some money on a game or two that I was broadcasting, and that was kind of an interesting way of either hiding my opinions or whatever, which I find amusing because, of course... uh, the athletes are not getting paid any actual money. Right. And I was making more money than them by betting on all of their accomplishments. It's a beautiful thing. All right. What do you got, buddy? Beautiful thing. But anyway, looking at the second one, if you had the NBA and you had the Timberwolves, minus two and a half against the Pacers, game was close throughout, but the Timberwolves were leading by four with less than two seconds left. Pacers going for that three-point fadeaway for the hell of it. They missed it. So you win. Not quite. Nobody went for the rebound, offensive rebound tipping, and the Timberwolves win by two. Yeah, because they, you know, they're trying to stay away from them to avoid the stupid foul and everything. Mm -hmm. Ah, good times. Well, we talked about it a little bit. If you had the, uh, really any part of, uh, any any part of this game, you were probably a winner if it involved the total. But This was a push, though. It was a push. It was a bad beat push. If it didn't, there was a couple of beats, and none worse than this one. One of the rarities in all of football. If you had the football team, first half money line, you were excited. They got that late touchdown. They'd fucked around the entire first half. They were finally able to get it over the goal line. All you got to do is come in and kick the extra point. 10-7 lead. Bob's your fucking uncle. Nobody's scoring in the what remained of the second half or the first half. Oh, do we forget to mention Joey Sly as some sort of horrific leg problem that uh, rendered him incapable of kicking a football? Uh, Wasn't even close. Got blocked by the same. It was uh, picked up by the same guy that blocked it, number 94. I don't know. Who was it, Scott? Do you know who it was? No idea. I thought it was going to lateral it halfway through. No. Somehow he actually managed to Showed some wheels. Showed some wheels. Wasn't quite a thick six. It was more of a thick two. But... At the end of that journey, Scott, the score, instead of being 10-7, holy shit, it's 9-9. If you had the football team, I'm not saying that's a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that's going in the record books. But you felt it. You felt it. And you might have had a hard time sitting down for an hour or two. Well, you got to push, which I guess the silver lining, you didn't lose any money. But you essentially lost money because you had it in the bag, even if the kick was missed as long as it wasn't returned all the way for a touchdown or for two points, about, I don't know, 87 yards, give or take. Yes. Well, you and I often talk about push losses and push wins. Sometimes you get the That's a push miracle loss. at the end, and you're like, holy shit, I thought I was going to lose that. I am so happy with the push. And then sometimes you get it like you did last night, and that is definitely a push loss. So now the opposite side, this is the uh, the people that were – they're right where you want to be. These are the people that were sitting like you and me were on all of our plays every day, Scott, right in the rocking chair. 
So the first one involved Tarleton State of University taking on Gonzaga, getting 32 points, and yet they only trailed by one at the half. Game was close throughout. Gonzaga really couldn't create any separation, and Tarleton State was unable to pull off the miraculous win, but they only lost by nine, so it was a sweat-free cover the entire way through. Can you think of a bigger upset in college basketball if that would have if they would have been able to pull that off? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Got an all timer, thirty two points. I'm sure it's out there. If anybody knows in the comment section, I'm th- well, thirty two. I don't. I'm trying to think of what the spread was in the Virginia UMBC game, which is regarded as being arguably the biggest upset in college basketball history. You have a couple of title game upsets, of course. You have the Villanova over Georgetown one, the NC State over Houston one. I believe NC State was only about an eight point underdog for that game, though. Yeah, they were so less. Wasn't... Than, they were less than ten. No. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So that wasn't that absurd. I think Virginia was probably favored by 20-plus against UMBC. Worst-case scenario, I'd say 16. But I think that's probably regarded as the biggest upset because it's the first 16 beating a one. Right. But I I meant from a gambling standpoint, from a 32-point spread. No, I'm not talking about historically bad beats, um, which the 16-1 is always going to stand until it's at least equaled, you know. But uh, that would have been... Because I know they probably didn't have a money line on this game. once Once it gets over... 20 25 points usually you don't have any kind of a money line available so uh anyway uh, usually you don't occasionally during a live betting software you one will pop up maybe after the first 10 minutes of the game if it's close yeah yeah you'll, you'll so, get yeah i'm you'll assuming get a it was price. around 35 to 1 something like that 10 minutes in, in that neighborhood yep all right so if you had the uh, kraken money line going up against the sabras scott they led three nothing after the first period Five two after two, nothing happened, and uh, they each added a couple in the third. If you had the over, congratulations, and if you had the Kraken, congratulations. Either one was a no sweat rocking chair victory. And the last one in college basketball, if you had Niagara plus eleven points against Colgate, they never trailed in the game. They led by thirteen points at the half, and they won outright by eleven. So whenever you're getting double digits and you're never losing, I consider that a rocking chair. Absolutely. You know, I, I actually looked at that game as one of, as one of my potential plays, and I, obviously I went in thinking Colgate, and I started I started looking at and watching a little bit of Niagara, and I was impressed with that team. I wasn't impressed enough to pull the trigger in this game, which I would have been a real genius, but I was smart enough to get off of it and not take Colgate. So I'll take I'll take half credit. Well, sometimes got, like that's considered a, that's also considered a win. People can always look at the wins and losses on what plays you actually have. There's a lot of plays that get swept under the rug where you you convinced yourself not to take something that turned out to be a loser. Right. And that way, instead of winning actual money, you save money, which is all worth the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, abs- that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Uh, all right. I'm going to check up with, uh, check in with the comment. The, the real Jolly Roger, yeah, that fake fucker had been, a- yeah, I'm glad you're here, man. Good to have you. Uh, ESPN play callers down there at their live betting during the games. Sometimes that's absolutely true. Uh, college basketball, Virginia minus two, toasted her. Um, that just gave me a nosebleed. Yep, Joan. Good to see Joan in the house. That was a uh, that was an interesting basketball game, Scott. Uh, had Austin P. Iowa plus was 19. on the verge of a huge Fran McCaffrey collapse, and they ended up collapsing and then scoring the last shot to win the game. Yep, yep. Kansas over Texas. Yep, 
Uh, oh, as far as yeah, oh but yeah, Ethan, we're, we're we're talking about basketball. Yeah, but though. that's that. We're thinking yeah. of college basketball. You know what though? I'm going to take an opportunity to mention that uh, every time I can because that's how much I hate Texas. Because you know how much I despise Kansas. But you, in basketball, in football, you feel sorry for them. You're like, yeah, okay. And well, yeah. the biggest upset in college football history, spread wise, was Howard beating UNLV about four or five years ago. I believe they were plus thirty nine and a half. It might have been forty three and a half. Okay. With uh, Cam Newton's, I don't remember if it was brother or or uh, cousin as the quarterback, but Howard ended up beating UNLV, getting basically four was it points. Jam Newton? No, it was not Jam Newton. Okay. It was uh, Kalen Newton. Was, was it Juice Newton? It was not Juice Newton. Played with the Queen of Hearts? Newton. I believe it was, I believe I... it was Kalen Newton. All right. But that's the biggest upset in college football history. Okay. Spread-wise. David, the Italian, said yesterday in ESPN, they showed a receiver crossing the end zone, not looking for the ball, hits his back of his helmet, goes over the defender into the arms of another receiver for a touchdown. I did not see that. What game? Did you see that, Scott? I didn't see that. I wonder what game that was from. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, so we got a card tonight, man. We got no We got no football. We've got a, uh, we've got a little break. And then we've got a lot of football starting Friday. And then... I don't want breaks. I want maction. No shit. Some maxion fun belt, something. something. Conference USA couldn't get anything going on the uh, on, at the at the end of November or part of December. Come on, because it's besides Conference USA. I know that the FCS always takes a back seat to the FBS, where you don't really have any FCS games on. Right. If you're doing playoffs, can you maybe put a Tuesday Wednesday schedule together for the FCS playoffs? Yeah, that'd be. be... Can you do something? We do. Uh, Nathan. We talked about that Blue Hose versus Tennessee tonight, Scott. You had a uh, particular thought about a tempting play for you. I'm looking at either the under or the Blue Hose team total under because they can't score. They play as slow as hell. And Tennessee is a very good defensive team against awful teams. We've seen that in the past. They should put the clamps down. Are we sure Presbyterian gets to 50 in this game? Because I'm not. No, I'm not convinced. That's, that's a terrible offensive team. It really is. So I'd look for an under, a team total under if you can find it. But Presbyterian offensively should maybe score less than 25 points in each half. Hey, do they still do that uh, change.org thing where you can just start a petition and if you get enough signatures, somebody has to address it? They still do that? I don't know. We need to Why, get Pres- what are you we, about we, petitioning? We need to get Presbyterian in a bowl game. Oh. We need to get the Blue Hose in some sort of postseason. We need one more game out of them. We really do. Which is make instead of that, just let's just have them play a second schedule. Let them play in the spring. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Let's line them up some spring games too. I, I guarantee you, we could get that going. Uh, That's going to be the slippery slope of next year because we're going to have to fade them to start next year. And I'm curious how that's going to go. Why you think that you think they're going to be better? Well, they're going to play like the two really shit, like the junior college schools. To I start. mean, besides those, once they play the actual schedule yeah. in their Pioneer League. The Pioneer League. It's a wood bat league, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> once they do that, we have to figure out if we're going to fade them or not. We're going to fade them, but hopefully it works out. Probably not as well as it did this past. Can't. It, it just can't. You just have sometimes you just have those magical seasons like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably bet more overs than spreads on Presbyterian next year. I could see that. I, I could see that. Do you think do you think he's going to get a good recruiting class? you think people are going to want to come and play for him after what they've seen? Uh, yeah. I mean, why would you not be impressed when you lose by 40 in every single well, conference that's not, game you but have? Is there, is there hope there? Is Because, you know, you and I spend a lot of time extolling the value of uh, what Coach Kelly does. But 
is it uh did it disprove that notion scott i think that you're gonna want to go there because your numbers are going to be insane so i do think that if you're a quarterback or a wide receiver or just an offensive player you're gonna give me four downs to work with instead of three sure sign me up i think they'll be interested if you're a defensive player then I would consider just going to a different school and not even accepting a phone call. Why would you <laughs> right. want to play for Presbyterian's defense? You're on the field for ha- for more than half the game. Oh yeah, you're get well. You're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of exposure. <laughs> Are you getting exposure? You're barely on TV. Uh oh, there's somebody filming it. But you get uh, it. there's somebody filming it from like a damn camcorder. You put but, together you your know. huddle. You put together your huddle tape or whatever. They film it from the same cameras that people film videos illegally in the yeah, movie theater. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming was his savior yesterday. Says Brandon Kubas. Uh, did a nice that job. Cowboys team, not that bad. Uh, ben Campbell wants to know if we mentioned Indiana and Syracuse. No, we've not. We were just getting ready to talk about some uh, college basketball tonight. We'll start with that one. Indiana minus two and a half on the road in the dome, taking on the Q's, Scott. Uh, Indiana defensively has been a pretty good team this year. Um, what's your thoughts? Well, it's very odd to see Syracuse as an underdog at home until you look at how Syracuse has played this year and you realize why they're underdogs at home. They should be given more points. I think the spread's too low. Indiana 6-0, and the defense has been great. But you're looking at Syracuse, and they've already lost three games. They lost at a home to Colgate. They lost to VCU in a neutral as five-point favorites by 12 outright. And they got killed by Auburn. Now, Auburn, I'm okay with that loss. Auburn's a ranked team. They're good. You know, that's going to happen. But when you're losing at home to Colgate, the team that we just talked about, losing coast-to-coast to Niagara, your team has problems. Indiana's a good basketball team. Are they going to make the tournament? Maybe, maybe not. But defensively, I think they're good enough to stop Syracuse. And Syracuse's defense has been underwhelming up to this point. Give me Indiana. That Syracuse team is really not that good, and I'll fade them accordingly. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I've got a couple of reasons I would maybe pump the brakes just a tick on Indiana. I'm not saying I wouldn't end up supporting them. Uh, afternoon to Zach Vaughn, by the way. Because they've never played a road game? That's 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 half of the equation. The other half is they haven't played a ton of t- a, a ton of teams. They played St. John's. They did get the win there. They didn't get the cover. And that's really the only time they've been remotely... Um, tested they, yeah. they played a different school the different uh, you know a decent school so again I'm, I'm not sure how good the Syracuse team is and I'm not sure how good the Indiana team is I do know they play good defense at the end I'd probably lean Indiana I'm not I'm not I don't think I'm quite as full-throated as you about that well though. that's the thing about Syracuse is that that we know defensively they run a very unique system because Bayheim's always been a 2-3 zone guy which is very capable of shutting down any opponent when it's right the issue is when it's wrong, yeah. they give up a bunch of points. Yeah, it's a, it's a it is kind of a it's, it is kind of a, a home runner strikeout sort of defense to play. And once you if you can solve it, it gets better if you open as up the, the season key. moves on. Yes, absolutely true. Uh, Indiana on the road scary says Ben. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the same camp. Like I said, if I had to lean, I'd lean Indiana. But I, you know, at the end of the day, they still play really good defense. But without being you tested, you can stay away. The There's road. just no way I'm taking Syracuse. Yes, agreed. Agree with that. It's like sometimes when you play trivia, somebody will give the answer, and you're like, I know that's not it. I don't know what the answer is, but I know you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that. So, uh, what else? 
wish I could. Well, I see somebody asking about the Charlotte Davidson first half over in that one. Yep. I like the full game over in that one. Yep. We talked about that. We talked about that before the show. That was that was a finalist for Bet the Farm. That was our silver medalist. Mm-hmm. Yep. That yeah, was that, that was total. Our... Just seems too low. Davidson should probably score seventy in that game. Just looking at the offensive numbers and how Charlotte's performed defensively. The pace is slow for Charlotte, but yep. I do think the defense is bad enough for Davidson to score 70. And if that's the case, I do think Charlotte can get to 60. I see that game getting into the 130s. I, I think that's the whole question if Charlotte can get to 60. And they're just they're such a dreadful shooting team from beyond the arc, man. They are just they are just yeah. terrible. So that's that was at the ultimately because uh, it was it was my pick. I kind of leaned away from that one, and I had another one that that I liked that we're ultimately going to do. So. Uh, uh, anybody else? Well, there's one. There's one main game in college we got to talk about. I know you made a video on it, but we have to talk about the new number one taking on the Ohio State University, as Duke is currently favored by about two and a half on the road. Hey, before we do that, let's, I, I hate to interrupt. Let, let's talk real quick about that Gonzaga game last night. Does that mean anything? Does that is that just a one off where they our minds weren't focused? They were still thinking about the last game. Or are, is that is there a sign those last those two games put together? Is it a sign that maybe this team isn't as good as we thought, or it's is Tarleton just way better than we think? We thought. Okay. Okay. It's a sign. Okay. Because Gonzaga was a team that after the Duke, well, before the UCLA game, I criticized their backcourt and I said that I thought the guards weren't good enough to potentially win a title. And it turns out I ended up apologizing to them for the UCLA game, but I was half right. Because I do think that Bolton is very good. I don't think Nemhart's any good. No, I think had, Nemhart's an underwhelming point guard for a title contending team. He had a nice game against UCLA, but he definitely fell off the cliff. So, okay. I just I just wanted to check in on that. Jermilkimon, uh, hang on. Uh, I guarantee you we're going to talk about that one. Let's, let's, do the, uh, let's do the one that we were getting ready to do, though. Go ahead, bud. Well, you got Duke taking on Ohio State. Of course, Ohio State's at home which is why the spread is only two. The question I have for you is that Ohio State has some pretty good wins this year. However, they also have a couple of questionable performances, namely against Akron in the season opener. They also struggled against Niagara uh, in the second game, but they kind of bounced back. They've been playing better lately, and I am curious what your thoughts are on this matchup. I know you made a video on it, so your thoughts on it are kind of public already. Right. I'm going with Duke, Yeah. so I think Duke's going to win the game. I understand you can talk about a letdown spot after playing against the number one team and being the new number one, but I do think that there's a little bit of pride for the first game after you become the new number one, where you want to prove to everyone that you at least deserve it for one game. I don't see Duke overlooking this Ohio State team. Ohio State was ranked preseason. Mm -hmm. It's a good team, and I do think that Duke will be ready for this matchup. Now, the question that I have for you is... Which backcourt do you like more, Duke or Ohio State? Because I really don't like Duke's backcourt, but I also really don't like Ohio State's backcourt. So I'm kind of torn between the two. I know you I don't like Duke's I, front court more though. Yeah, I know you don't like Keels and Roach. Um, I, I think Keels is a mess. I think it. I think it's a push. I think it's, but they are so dominating in in the front court with uh, with Banchero and Moore that. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what the answer for Ohio State is for for that. And Williams, and and well, and throwing Williams as well. Right, 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 right. So it's really, uh, 
you know, Williams really kind of came into his own. I thought he did a good job against Holmgren and uh, kicked out on Timmy occasionally. I thought he did a really good job on the on the defensive end in that Gonzaga Abysmal game. foul call, by the way. He punted the hell out of that Timmy dunk attempt. That was not a foul at all. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, you and I are both on Duke there. I have to be. Yep. I'm looking at Ohio State, and I get that Liddell is this very good player. Williams, I do think think is stronger than him so I think that Liddell might have some issues backing him down on the inside but I do think that Duke's athletes are better I think the shooting is better now of course with the environment Ohio State might keep it close for a half but I do think that when you have the clear-cut best player on the court probably the best player in the entire country which I thought he proved in the game against Gonzaga I'm gonna go with Paolo because I think he can get a shot whenever he wants it Let's talk about that Minnesota game. Minnesota on the road, minus two and a half at Pittsburgh. It's another situation where Minnesota making their first true road trip of the year. Uh, we got the bananas and tailpipes out there, buddy? I don't see it for this one. It, let's put it this way. If Pitt wins, good for them. This is an abysmal Pitt team. It really is. It really is terrible. It really. And we talked about before the season, one of their best players had the issue with the cops, and he ended up getting arrested about the weekend before their game. They lost to the Citadel outright by double digits in their season opener. And you're going through the results after that. It really has not gotten much better. This Pittsburgh team is awful. And Minnesota has a bunch of transfers who came in. So chemistry was going to be a bit of an issue to start the year. They've actually looked okay. Yeah, they both. I don't think Minnesota's that bad. They both brought in a ton of transfers. And Minnesota's have gelled a lot better than Pittsburgh's have. Um, yeah. Pitt is a team I would fade, especially just with this low spread. Because Minnesota, I think, has the better chemistry and just the better overall roster. Pitt really doesn't have anything from a scoring perspective. Right. By the way, there's the kind of shit that happens when I bet soccer, Scott. Bill McDonald says he played Newcastle in soccer today. They got a red card five minutes in. Yeah, that that's pretty much the way I roll. When I, I heard that Newcastle's so good they only need 10 players. Gonna, we all We all hope so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The season opener, Jermilky man, exactly, exactly right, dude. And then their last time out, they they lose to UMBC. These are both home games, by the way. Both mm-hmm. the Citadel and the Terriers came on their home court. That's that's just not good. Um, yeah, I, I like this. I like this Minnesota team um, so far. Pitt, they've they've it's it's the death. They play at a snail's pace and they shoot terribly. It is it is a recipe for a very long, horrible season. A lot of their good players from last year either transferred or just left the program. So, of course, that's going to hurt. But I have watched Minnesota play. I actually made money on them earlier this year. It was a triple overtime sweat against uh, Princeton in one of those neutral site court uh, situations. But Minnesota won the game in the end. I watched them. That team is decent. Pittsburgh is not. Well, and they're uh, they play really, really good three point defense. They're mm-hmm. second in the nation, twenty one and a half percent. I think they allow from beyond the arc, so they can uh, they can lock them down. Uh, Jacksonville State versus Marquette, a gem. I did not see that one. What happened there? Uh, let me see what the spread is here. Uh, I see the spread of nineteen. Uh, you don't mean Jacksonville State. You mean Jackson State. Big difference between the two. Very true. I like Marquette against Jackson State. I wouldn't like them laying 19 against Jacksonville State. Fair enough. Uh... Jackson State can't score. That's an abysmal offense. Marquette with with Shaka Smart's press style of defense, 
I think it'll be a long night for Jackson State's guards. I expect a bunch of turnovers. I think Marquette wins that game going away. And worry about that letdown last time out for Marquette? No, because I think that might cause them to be a little bit more motivated for this game against the bottom feeder than what they should be. Somebody asking about uh, Chattanooga minus five. Um, again, I'm a sucker for teams that play defense, man. Um, and you know, it's these are always kind of uh, these are always kind of crapshoot games um, because you've got a situation where you haven't you've played a lot of te- a lot of disparity as far as the quality of opponents go. Um, this one, you're lucky enough where it's another situation where they've already played a uh, um, a game and uh, Chattanooga wins that one by seven at home. Ah. I'm not laying five. I, just, I think the I, first game at home, or was it home or neutral? It's at home. It was at home. Okay. It shows it at it, home. Then it shows that it, it, it shows at UT chat. Yeah. I value home court more than three points in college, so I don't exactly want to lay five with a team that has some familiarity, unless there's a huge adjustment with the spread. If they win by seven and the number's five, and they're on the highway now. I kind of want to pass. Yeah, and the line for that one was thirteen, and they and they okay. win by and they win by seven. So, mm-hmm. uh, been very impressed by your Caden State Wildcats. Um, yeah, I would, okay. I would. I'm more impressed than I was at the beginning of the season. I don't know how good they're going to be once Big Twelve play starts, but with returning pretty much just, uh, I think really two players with any kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been surprised and they've been, and they've been a friend of better. So uh, at least late. So I may, uh, I may take them off in the big 12. What's that? You know, who's impressed me in the big 12? Uh, Lincoln Riley. Iowa state. Yeah. Where they they win two games all year last year. Yeah. They were, they were supposed to be God. They've actually been pretty good. Yep. Yeah. I'll give them respect. They got some transfers. They actually look like a watchable college basketball team. We'll see, and again, we'll see how a lot of this happens uh, continues uh, as the season progresses. Uh, we got one more to talk about here, and this is a team that um, we had talked about earlier in the uh, in early, not this week, but last week about that we really didn't like the way this team was playing. That's Florida State going up against Purdue. Purdue, Scott, best team in the Big Ten. You coming around to my way of thinking yet? I have to make the argument now because preseason I liked Michigan. They've underperformed. I'll admit that. Purdue, as of right now, is the number two team in the country. So, yeah, I, I think you have a good argument for Purdue being the best team in the Big Ten. Iowa State about to be ranked, by the way, says STM Network. So, good deal. I think that they should be within the next week or two unless they have a major letdown. I sometimes get disappointed. I, I, as, a, as a better, I get mad when team gets teams get ranked that had been flying under the radar. And now everybody, mm-hmm. uh, you know, welcome to the party, pal. This Purdue that was, team. that was the Drake situation last year. Yes, yes, it was. And of course, we tried to we tried to recapture the magic in the, the lightning in the bottle this year. It was not available. Drake, I think, has already lost two against the number. You like any, you want any part of this Florida State team tonight, Scott? Going on the road no. to uh, Blue, uh, to uh, West Lafayette. I don't think Florida State's very good, and you can tell that that was going to be the case when they barely beat Tulane at home. And they won the game by, I think, five. But you need overtime to beat BU. Your team has underperformed all year long. It's either because your team is extremely young, lost a bunch of talent, and hasn't adjusted to Hamilton's system, or or it's just a down year. But Purdue is really good. 
They got the size. We know that the guard play is also solid. Ivy, I think, is a very underrated player. But I do think that Purdue is going to win this game handily. They have the offense. They have the defense. They have the size. They can really do whatever they want. Florida State's a team that might coast on reputation in terms of some of the actual numbers that they're getting as favorites against non-conference opponents. But when Purdue's laying 11 against a team like Florida State, your intuition tells you, or at least your initial reaction is, that's too many points. Because yeah. we're used to seeing Florida State being a ranked team. I'm not going to fall for the okey-doke. Give me Purdue. I think they're going to win this game handily. Here's the thing that really troubles me if I'm a Florida State fan, is you've got two guys that are rotation players, but they're they're both centers. You've got Nome and McLeod. They're both going to be out tonight. This is not a game that you want to go in undersized. With Edie and Williams just doing whatever the hell they want. Right. Mean. They'll just, it's not going to be fun for They'll Florida just State. blast you on the boards. Uh, STM Network says uh, got NHL play tonight, Minnesota to win, and the over versus the Arizona Coyotes. I don't hate that. You Anti- know what that sounds like to me? What's that? You know what that sounds like to me? No, what? That sounds like a that sounds like a system play. Is it a system play? You think? <laughs> it sounds like a system play. It could be. It's what could, it sounds like to me. It could be a Somebody got a system right there. We'll see how that goes. I, I know. I uh, I know the system uh, has been going okay. So we'll see. Venturing in to give out one play. Huge so, ROI. Yes, huge ROI. Twenty plus. Twenty plus for ROI. So. You guys talk about Indiana Syracuse yet? Yes, we both liked Indiana. Scott liked him more than I do, but we have a I have a small lean to Indiana. Scott liked Indiana. I wanted no. We're part not of taking Syracuse. Syracuse. No part we'll of Syracuse, right? Yeah. Either pass or no cues. Uh, Der Man likes uh, Blues money line, Carolina money line. Blues line, Blues money line. I'm passing on. I think that game is going to be a bit of a coin flip. Yep. I do think that St. Louis at home is attractive, but I do think that matchup should be pretty close throughout. So I'm skipping that one. As for Carolina, Carolina's a very good team. Dallas has been solid at home. That's a solid team as well. But I do think when you're getting Carolina at a price like that, you don't really see it that often because Carolina is that good of a hockey team. So I agree with the Hurricanes. As for the Blues, I really don't want to fade Tampa. Unless Vasilevsky's not a net. But if he's a net, I really don't want to take the Blues. No, I can't what do, do you it. Think? I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it. I just... The time to fade Vasilevsky was early in the season. If you did, if you didn't get it, if you didn't get involved that first week, ten days of the season, I feel I feel bad for you because that that window is slammed shut, guys. Well, Vasilevsky right now is the favorite to win the Vezina. No, he's around he's around five to one, five and a half to one. I would bet it. Yes. Currently, the second option is Bobrovsky, who has started to hit a bit of a wall. And Bobrovsky, we know, is good. The issue is he's usually not able to sustain a high level for an entire season. We know Vasilevsky can. Plus, he also might have gotten snubbed last year for the Marc-Andre Fleury win. So I do think that Vasilevsky might be 0-1 in terms of narrative to win right. this year. But Vasilevsky at 5-5.5-1 five, five to, to win the Vezina, I really don't hate betting that now. So I want to remind everybody, speaking of parlays, I'm, I'm terrible about this. I'm terrible about asking to everybody to like and subscribe. So do like and subscribe to us. Check it out, all that stuff. Share it when you can. But I want to remind everybody to listen to uh, just parlays. You know what they talk about, Scott? I'm assuming it's parlays. It's just parlays. I, I, it's right in the name, buddy. I don't know how you missed that one. Um, but yeah, it's it's, uh, it's Chris King, the king of parlays over there at 1.30 Eastern on the Winners and Winners Sports Betting Network, WWBSN, to your friends. 
And do check him out, please, 1.30 Eastern time. Sorry for forgetting until now, Chris. I'm sorry you had to listen all the way through for your plug. I see um, a question, by the way, from STM Network, wondering if there's value on Vasilevsky Vezina at this point. My argument would be, even though he is the favorite, you're assuming once the finalists are announced, Vasilevsky will A, be one of the three, B, will probably be below $3. So I do think getting him now at plus 550, when he's almost a lock to be a finalist if he stays healthy, I do think has some merit to it. You? Yeah, I agree. And I do also agree that STM Network says Vasilevsky was robbed last year. Um, I don't know that he was... Wasn't was it Varlamov? I don't know if he meant Vasilevsky or Varlamov. I think Vasilevsky got robbed last year. Oh, did he put Varlamov? No. Oh, well, maybe. Um, I was in attendance with Jim and Chris King. Thank you, Nathan. Hopefully you got some good information. Hopefully you hit some parlays. Uh, you do not want to do a show with me called Just Parlays because I'm would. i not I'm not the parlay guy. I'm okay at teasers, but I'm just not a parlay guy. Um... NBA, anything else? Anything grab you real quick? Uh, well, looking at the NBA, it's a pretty interesting card. I see the Nets are laying seven against the Knicks. I actually like the Knicks in that spot. I think it's too many points. I get that the Nets, of course, have Durant, have Harden, and the Knicks have officially stopped using Kemba Walker. Yep. So now they've moved on to a different type of rotation, mostly involving Alec Burks, who's been very good. I'll give him props for that. He's been a solid player. But the number does seem a bit high. I always think that these Knicks and Nets games mean more for the Knicks than they do for the Nets. So I do think there's value on the Knicks. That spread does seem a little bit large to me. You? How do you feel about Alex Burke under 15 and a half? I wouldn't want the under. He's going to play more minutes now because they stopped using Kemba. He's been good. So I wouldn't take the under on Burks. He's been shooting the ball well. But I do think that number is a bit high. There are some question marks with injuries, though. So I would wait. Baird's questionable. Mitchell Robinson's questionable. Nerlens Noel's questionable. So I would maybe wait to see the final injury report, but I do think that seven, assuming most of the Knicks guys play, does seem a bit high. Yep, agreed. Um, the big game tonight, or one of the, the probably the the two best teams going at, is going to be Golden State and Phoenix. Uh, Iguodala's out. Draymond is going to play. It looks like um, Phoenix team's been uh, been pretty darn good, Scott. But Golden State, uh, no slouches either. Is a uh, uh, Phoenix is a what? How many have they? How many have they won? About two and a half. What's that? They won sixteen in a row. Sixteen. I was, I was, yeah. I was, sixteen. And of course, uh, Golden State fourteen of fifteen. So, uh, yeah, they, they've been. Well, they've, Golden State's won eighteen of twenty, but that's their overall record. And they've been <laughs> they've they've been mon- they've been monsters against the number too. They're still undervalued by the market. Is their value at two and a half on on Golden State tonight? I personally think that the value in this game actually lies in the total. I like the under. I think this total is too high. You're looking at Golden State's defense. It's unbelievable. There's really no other way to put it. This defense is fantastic. Now, the Suns' offense has been good. The defense we know with Monty Williams has been solid for over a year and a half at this point. But I do think that this total of 221.5 is a little bit scary to get in front of because both teams offensively are so good. But I really think the defenses are being undervalued here. I expect a playoff-type atmosphere between right now the best two teams in the Western Conference. I think you'll see a war. I like the under in this spot. You? You know, that's the thing. One of the, if you think one of those teams is 222, so you're you're thinking most likely in the range somebody's got to get to 115, all right? Min- minimum um to beat that to beat the one to, to beat the 222. I don't think it happens. I don't I don't know that anybody gets to 115 in this game and I think that's the only way that this goes over the total. So 
Um, I think it's a war. I'm looking at a spot where it's a good it's a good litmus test for both teams to say, even though we're separated by one game in the standings, we can get an early indication of where we stand in the grand scheme of things. Where if Golden State wins this game handily, they are easily the favorites to win the title, and they can coast on that reputation and build on that moving forward. The Suns are still being slept on because they made the finals, even though the Western Conference was pretty banged up last year. If they win this game, that is huge for the confidence moving forward of this actual just group of guys. I expect a war. Give me the under as a result. Um, I'm trying to see who it was. I was asking about Port- Portland team total over 112 or minus nine and a half. I don't have any kind of confidence in this Portland defense to lay nine and a half. I, I can't. I can't do that. Uh, that I agree with. As for total, oh, Detroit's so slow. I gotta. I guess I gotta like the over because Portland at home is very good and on the road they're useless. Yep. So if you kind of stick with that trend, you've been doing pretty well for yourself. Yep. But ah, oh, Detroit's so slow. Yeah, I kind of have to like the team total over. But the question that you have is, do you trust them getting over? if Lillard struggles again tonight because he's been awful the last two games. Right. Hopefully, hopefully coming back in the friendly confines will, uh, will make that difference. Mm. Um, yeah. And they've, and they, they put up, you know, they put up one nineteen against, against Denver. They put up one eighteen against Philadelphia at home. So they can score some points on good defenses. And I don't know that I'm ready to call Detroit a good defense. I think it's just more of a matter of pace with them. I think their defensive effectiveness is, uh, probably bottom half of the league. Is LeBron back yet? Yeah, LeBron ended up playing a couple of games. He's always on the injury report, right? So you never know if he's officially going to play. But yes, he is technically back. All right, let's roll it, buddy. It's time we have put our heads together. We have cool. we took we we took extra care today because we have been a little chilly on this pick, Scott. You and I, our personal picks, pretty good, but together we have we have not been good. And it, sometimes it's the opposite where we can't do nothing individually, but we can come up with one farm. Anyway. It's a long way to go to tell you this. Strap in, kids. Get on that John Deere. Fire that bad boy up because why? It is time to bet the damn farm. By the way, Scott, I realize as, as I'm sitting here doing this that we just completely ripped through and didn't do Gambling Hero and Mad Disappointed, so we might have more material for tomorrow. I just uh, I got I, I got caught up doing uh doing the doing the show and, and just yakking so all right anyway this is going to be our bet the farm play kids and it is going to be the east carolina pirates are minus five you can get that at minus 115 at DraftKings. it is uh pretty much five and a half market wide but there are a couple of fives available pinnacle and uh DraftKings does have that available ODU, not a good squad at all, kids. Just three and four straight up. Even worse against the number going one and five against the spread. They are another team that will put you to absolute sleep. 345 adjusted tempo, according to Ken Palm. Offensive efficiency of ranking 230th, while uh, ECU ranks 148th in offensive efficiency. Uh, offensive efficiency. So there's a little bit of a disparity there. Uh, most importantly, perhaps these teams have already played once in a neutral site there at Myrtle Beach in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Uh, they won a 73 to 60, did ECU. And again, that was just what? 
less than two less than two weeks ago. So, as far as injury news, the only one that uh, matters is on the ODU side of the ball. Charles Smith the fourth, the aptly named Charles Smith the fourth because he is the fourth leading scorer. He may be out for this one. So, give us the East Carolina Pirates, arguably the best team in the game tonight, as they are a five point favorite. We'd like them to cover that number. Yep, seems a bit low. I know somebody mentioned the situation with Chattanooga. It's a little bit different because that one was a home game. Now they're traveling to the road. This one was a neutral. Now they're traveling to East Carolina. The spread just seems too low. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely the case. So, again, we do appreciate you guys uh, checking us out. Don't forget to check out my buddy Chris King doing the parlay show every day at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being part of what we do. Thanks for commenting and all that good stuff. You guys have a great day. Good luck on all of your plays today. And we'll see you tomorrow as we head back to the window. Take care, everybody.